everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast episode 492. We're your weekly source for community strategy and technology. Hosts on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, uh, it is a lovely Sunday afternoon. Yeah. As we record this now. Last week it was miserable and hot. And now it is like a high of 75 with a slight breeze and sunny out. Right. Does it ever get to 75 in Florida? Like maybe in the depths of January, February? Yeah, I mean, it takes a while. Like, I think uh, we had some, some decent rain and, and cold come in last night. I think it's going to be 85 today, I think is what I saw. Oh, that's, that's practically balmy. You yeah, yeah. There. Look at that. Well, good on you. Enjoy the non-scorching weather for a 24-hour <laughs> period. Look at you. Uh, well, ladies and gents, if there's anything I know that gins up excitement in the community is talking about weather, so let's stop doing that. This week, we got a little update on Commander Seal 2022. That thing seems to be going great guns, so awesome job to Dean and everybody. We'll talk about that in community. Uh, and then in strategy, we're going to talk about some infinite combos, which are everybody's favorites. Um, yeah. You know, if you're deploying the infinite combo, as opposed to being on the receiving end of said infinite combo. Well, and, sure. Yeah, you know, it happens. And then in technology, because uh, this is a segment that just, I don't know, just piques our interest. Uh, we're going to go back to, all the way back to Ice Age. See, and you thought the weather thing wasn't coming in, right? Uh, oh, look at that. See, see, it's fucking professional here, people. Professional. Uh, <laughs> cards from Ice Age are actually worth playing in 2022. So stick with us through a dumb interstitial and uh, keep up the conversation on the Facebook and Twitter. And we'll see you all back in community in a moment. All righty, sir. Interstitial numero uno. Uh, dealer's choice. What do you want to talk about? Uh, any of those. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about this? We, we're fans of the Square Enix games. Yes. Right? Um, yes. In the, general, I would say that that is an accurate statement. That, that is. It's sometimes, depending on the current state of Square Enix games, maybe, maybe not. The funny part is, I think I like the more the older I get, the more non Final Fantasy games that they put out are the ones I like, which is oh, interesting. Uh, but the Deal Field Chronicle uh, demo is out. It just dropped this week. Uh, this week, as we're recording on the fourteenth, I think it dropped on like the eleventh. Uh, okay. So the Diafield Chronicle, Adam, did you ever play uh, Ogre Battle uh, or Ogre Battle sixty four? Ogre Battle sixty four. I think I may have played it like once. I didn't. I didn't play it a lot. Yeah, I think it's one of those like also rans. Like Tactics right. Ogre is is a great series. I really love because I like tactics games. Um, Ogre Battle was a real time strategy game, which is a little weird. But it came out for the the SNES way back in the day. I think it's on the Saturn and a bunch of other like old school consoles. Right. Diafield Chronicle plays kind of like that, but okay. much better. So it's a real time strategy game, but you can pause and you can issue little commands and whatnot. If you can imagine like a mix of uh, Ogre Battle with Final Fantasy twelve, right? That's pretty much what we're looking at. But from like an isometric point of view, but you can move stuff around. I don't know if I'm selling it very well, but the, the demo was very good. I was going to say, Final Fantasy twelve is... Um, Did I lose you with a Final Fantasy twelve? I mean, Final Fantasy twelve is not that great of a game. And also, there, I believe that there is a Final Fantasy twelve tactics game. Uh, th- there's a Final Fantasy twelve real-time strategy game for the DS, if you would like to play as Vaughn and Pinello, both of whom were my least favorite characters in that game. Um so yes, you could do that. No, there was there was an actual like Final Fantasy Tactics style game 
with Final Fantasy Twelve? I mean, okay. I mean, in in the whole Final Fantasy Twelve universe, like the okay. summons and everything. Yeah. Oh, in Evilies. Yeah, you're talking about just Final Fantasy Tactics. No. You're not talking about Final Fantasy Tactics with the exact same characters. And you're not talking about Revenant Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings, which is for the DS. Oh, maybe Revenant Wings. Maybe I am talking about that. Yeah, it's, but it's, it has all the other people, doesn't it? I, I think it's just those two. But yeah, I, maybe. to be honest, I didn't play because I wasn't a huge fan of just those two. It's um, not a bad game. Part, it's not a bad but... game. No. Uh, and the DFL Chronicle is very good. Like I said, the demo's out now. I think the full thing drops next month in September. Um, the only thing that bothers me is like the Square Enixness of it. Like sure. There, there are just I. I feel like somebody needs to sit down Square Enix as a company and say like, look, we need to agree about some nouns. Um, like they can't just say it's gold or money. It's it's gold, like G U L D. Oh, we didn't money. go with Gil. No, oh, didn't yeah, go with Gil. Not Final Fantasy. No. Can not we not Final just get, can we not just gold? Can we have like a a, a money summit for Final Fan for Final Fantasy and just say like this is the name of money? We don't need to change right. it. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not the real world. We're not talking about, like, kroners or rubles or dollars. Right, like, it, right. Just, just agree that this is, the, this is the currency of use. And then they have summons, but they're called Magellicum Orbs. Wow. We went... We we didn't go with eon, Aeons or... Um, oh, God. What else have they been called? <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Summons. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. There was one other one that's notable that I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's uh, Guardian Forces. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot about the, them Guardian Forces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, we need to tone down the names. So I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was a Reddit post I saw that like the names in Deafield Chronicles that are supposed to be like 18th century Europe or more 18th century Europe than 18th century Europe. Nice. Like, like let me just th- throw you out a couple there. You know, we're talking about the Trovel. Scovian Empire with Andreas Ronderson and Walter Quinn Redditch and Fredette Lester and yeah. yeah yeah okay we just, just need I'm just the nouns are my only real problem sure so. sure I can I can see I can see that why that would be problematic <laughs> but everything else is actually really good and the, it actually fixes my my issue that I had with um. Triangle strategy. There we go. So it, my problem with triangle strategy was you would play one battle and then you would literally sit through about an hour's worth of cutscenes. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, which is a lot. That's. I mean, yes. I, yes, I don't mind reading is. things. I'm, and they were fully voiced. It was nice. Don't get me wrong. Like I thought it was well acted. But I'm like, mm, can we just kind of? You know, can it, I didn't know I was playing a visual novel. Like I just kind of wanted to play the game. Do you feel you know, chronicle? That's how I felt. That's how I felt about Octopath Traveler. That people were so like hot on. I was like, man, there's a there's there's a lot of story here. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to play a game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, like a lot, and like the nice thing about DFL Chronicle, I don't think I've gone through, uh, I don't know, like a, a dialogue box that has more than five lines, and and you know, it might be five minutes between uh, gameplay sessions if you don't, um, you know, if you don't spend a lot of time like leveling up and buying shit. Like, right. it, it's pretty much like right in there. You know, just like yeah, we're we're gonna do it. Um, the music, I don't, I, I rarely call this out, but the same guy who did a lot of the music for Game of Thrones was the composer right. here, Ramin Jawadi. Um, and so it's just, it's just really good. The art's really good. Um, although I guess it, I don't know, it looks a little like, like the 3D models look a little like Thunder Force 5, like the, the little puppet thing, you know, they look right. a, li- a little bit like that, but if you can get over that, it's fine. Do you feel Chronicle? It's worth checking out. I think the demos on Switch and 
PlayStation 4s and 5s and Xbox Ones and Windows. Like, it's fucking out there, and it's free, so right. go check it out. It's one of those also good, the good things they're doing with demos where they, they have the whole first chapter, and then it can carry on to the regular game if you decide to buy it. Yeah. So it's pretty meaty. It's good stuff. Check out them, Do You Feel Chronicles. Maybe ignore the nouns. All right. Mm, community. In community this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. Hey, remember when we had Dean on talk about Commander Sealed 2022? Yep. Yeah. Guess what? That sucker's blowing up, man. That uh, fantastic. As uh, as I heard from from Dean, uh, Dean just had a, a big article. It's on the main page of EDH Rec right now as we're recording this on the 14th. Uh, although I'm sure, you know, it'll drop down a little bit by the time you guys hear this in about a week or so. But check this out. The link's in the show notes. Commander Shield 2022 is firing on all cylinders, and they're almost about halfway uh, sold out already. They moved to a bigger venue in Rochester. It's on September 17th. All the information, uh, again, if you don't remember uh, episode 484 when Dean was on, all the information for that. Uh, event is in uh, the EDH Rec article, which I linked to in the show notes. And it's not like EDH Rec needs me to link to things. Like, it's right there. Yeah, right, right. You're listening to this cast, you know what that is. There's so many people attending. We've got Saffron Olive, Nitpicking Nerds. We've got tons and tons of content creators and streamers and cosplayers. They've got artists showing up. Don Miner is going to be playing, the guy who's, who is EDH Rec, pretty much. Right. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many cool things. There's artists going to show up. There are, um, I think, let's see, some of the, uh, the the raffle tickets are going up for some proofs from Kaja Folio, from a, a Havoc Festival emblem signed by Gavin Verhe, tons and tons and tons of stuff. So nice. um, it's really cool to see that that is picking up. Um, even if you just want to just donate directly to the Trevor Project, there's a link on that um, in that article. And again, all the proceeds to to uh, from this go directly to support the trevor project so again great charity great event i want to see more of these in the future i hope it becomes just like i was telling dean i hope it becomes a big huge annual thing i hope this thing is like so successful they have problems finding a venue big enough right right so check all that stuff out i'm really happy to see that that is blowing the heck up it is rare that we have like a really good news segment yeah i mean like yeah i i hope that this becomes bigger than the events that wizards puts on because honestly it's, it's an event that i can back a lot more than <laughs> than yeah. i can wizards with. i would like i prefer commander sealed to be a thing yeah more absolutely than, more than command yeah. fest or you know big old other edh yeah. tournaments etc so get you get you some tickets donate if you can or just check it out you know if you're in the rochester area get the down there edh player and go do some stuff um pretty short nice and sweet and thankfully good news segment this week that's my different community though so all right uh stick with us through dumb interstitial ladies and gents we are in danger of having longer interstitials and actual segments this week uh when we come (laughs) back in strategy and talk about unleashing your infinite combo when to do it how to do it doing it doing it well doing it doing it doing it strategy
Yo. Tell me about this this X-Man. It's been a while since we got an X-Men update from you. I know. So um in the past week and a half or so. So I started reading like I was just on this uh this service that our library offers that you know has graphic novels and stuff, and I was just looking for X-Men stuff. And and uh, so in 2018, um X-Men Volume 5 started. So I was like, okay, Uncanny X-Men Volume 5, sure, let's see, you know. Uh, and it led into a very hated story arc, I guess, of <laughs> okay. the Age of X-Men. Uh, uh, not, not Age of X-Men, right? Age of X-Men. Okay. Who was the, the titular X-Man? Uh, Nate Gray. He came out of the Age of Apocalypse, and he is displaced in our reality for, for quite some time. Mm, mm. Uh, anyway, so so it's kind of a play on that whole thing. Whereas Age of Apocalypse was a storyline in the '90s where, um, basically, like you know, the X Men got got put into a different timeline that was this uh, very dystopic future uh, where Apocalypse was in charge, etc. Um. This one basically leads up to and then walks us through the X-Men being placed into a utopianistic future uh, that that becomes dystopic. You know, I mean, it, it you know, has your 1984 vibes and things like that. Where mm. It's this pseudo utopia that some people are buying it and some people aren't um, kind of thing. Uh, anyway, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. Like a lot really? of people, a lot of people had issues because it was a little bit samey, samey, like age of apocalypse was like, Oh, Legion did this thing. And then X-Men is so powerful and blah, blah, blah. And like, they're kind of a constant, like plague on the, on the universe in that reality warping type way. Okay. Um, and so this was a bit samey in that regard, but I actually think that the storytelling was very good. Like, the, I'll put it to you this way. These two characters that ev- anyone who has ever seen anything X-Men would know uh, have a relationship in it that I actually felt engaged in. Ooh. And it's Psylocke and the Blob. Okay. Th- those are two characters that often appear somewhat together, but... I've never heard anyone really, really pulled in by either of those. Unless you're talking no, about... No, no. I mean, they, like, just because the writing was just solid. Like, you, okay. I mean, you just don't look at the panels and, you know, you don't think about, like, just the way that people look and stuff like that. Like, those two, like, they had a relationship in, in one of the one of the spinoffs in the Age of X-Men thing, and it was just very well told. Like, oh, you they mean, were... like, they were a couple? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh? Well, there were a couple. So, like in in the world, like love is outlawed, basically. All right. Uh, Comic book stuff. Yeah, I got it. Huh. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, that's like how the you know that that was the dystopic you know factor, right? And and both of them worked for an enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they knew each other, but like you know, I guess because she's psychic. Like at one point, she's like. Oh, he's infatuated with me. And then like they just decided to confront that one day. Mm-hmm. And what 
birthed from that was just very like it was just great because like he was like even though he was part of the that agency like he was kind of your titular character that you have in like your 1984s and things like that where where um like she comes to his house and he has all these books that are outlawed and things like you know the same thing with like V for Vendetta and stuff like that. And so they they start this very cerebral relationship where they just start sharing books as they sit across from each other at his table, like reading and discussing, etc. Huh. All right. And it becomes romantic, but you know, it it's primarily that, you know. Okay. It just seemed like you, you were talking about, you know, X Men. It seemed like you veered off into like Fahrenheit four fifty one there for a minute, but you know well right okay so like i mean there are facets obviously that are kind of cribbed let's be honest it, ha- it know, happens it happens just dystopian futures have been delved <laughs> into quite a bit over the years but yeah, yeah no it was it was just very well written and enjoyable in most of its aspect you know some issues are better than others but mm-hmm. yeah i would recommend can I tell you something that would maybe I don't know if this is knock this down a peg, but this is an unfortunate association. In Wikipedia, uh, mm. under Utopian Fiction, under the pages yeah. categorized Utopian Fiction, Age of X Men sits right alongside Atlas Shrugged. I don't. I there's so many things that I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do you also have like that friend slash acquaintance who's always trying to get you to read Atlas Shrugged? I mean, I've read Atlas Shrugged, and my wife is that person. Okay. Well, strategy it is then. Yeah. (laughs) In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. I hear you like you a good combo. I do. I'm a fan. I am too. I mean, the pretzel ones with the cheese in the middle. Yeah. Best ones out there, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Pizza flavored? Ooh. You do make a good argument. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in the commander world, which might be the first time we're actually talking about cards uh, in this whole episode. That's um, okay. You know, when you deploy your infinite combo, it's different than just putting the infinite combo in the deck. You know, it's just a potential combo until it sits there, you know? Uh, right. When it pops off, if it pops off, how to protect it when it pops off, those sorts of things. That seems to me like a strategy thing that I don't know if we have talked about, which, I, I mean, maybe we did like 100 episodes ago, but sure. this has come up lately for me anyway. Um, Adam, when do you, in a game, decide to unleash uh, the game-winning combo, the ultimate of ultimate combos? So this is this is a tough one. Like I So so the actual game ending combo? Or oh, I mean infinite combos I would imagine would be game ending. Yeah, I guess. Is there well, a Venn diagram? Sometimes, sometimes they do. well no, I mean they, sometimes I they just they make infinite it. dudes and you don't win. Sure, okay. So sure. Okay. What's for what's for this uh, analogy for this discussion segment, assume that your infinite combo is not just going to dirtle into infinity. Which some of them could. Yeah, that is a bad assumption on my part. <laughs> wait, let's just assume that the infinite combo is the thing that is going to win the game, not just right. Got it. Okay. Game. So, yeah. so I think there's a couple factors that that go into it for me. Um, 
if we're talking about pure strategy, when do I do it? Like just, is it time for me to pull the trigger or not to pull the trigger? I try to look for opportunities where either um, everyone is tapped out. So obviously like early game is the best time to do it because, you know, it's it's more likely people are still moving their board forward and not just sitting back on things. So as early um, as possible. So as early as possible, which I mean is kind of a no-brainer, right? Like win mm-hmm. the game. <laughs> win the game early is better than winning the game late, I guess. But But like when you say early, are we talking about like you're ramping like doing doing the crazy mana ramp to get it out there like turn three or something before you Yeah, I mean if you can do if if you can just pull off a combo that wins the game between three and five, like that's the best time to do it. Yeah, but that is obviously unlikely in most opening hands. You know, some decks that are a little bit more competitive obviously have all the tutors and they just grab all the pieces that they need. And so so you can definitely get there. Um, But I definitely look for people to be low on hands, tapped out, things like that. Uh, Or I wait until a point where I have at least one or two counter spells to back up my situation. Because I don't want to pull off a combo or like demonstrate portions of a combo that I know can be disrupted with high chances of being disrupted. So uh, there's a social aspect to all of this, too. But the, the technical aspect, that's what I would say. Like those are the those are the key indicators that I look for. Would you ever deploy it without the counter spells to back it up? Say you're like, like, do you have to take all three boxes like? Your opponents are low on cars. They're tapped out. Have counter spells in order to do it. Uh, either that, or I feel like it's imminent that someone else will win if I don't try. Mm, okay. Right. Like if you're just up against the wall and you're like, "Well, somebody's about to alpha strike me. I'm I'm at like ten life. Like I got to do this, or I'm gonna die anyway." So like last ditch effort, hail mary kind of thing. Interesting. I think that's normally when I usually. It's either. I don't know. I'm because I usually YOLO with these fucking things, which is why I don't win very often. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I either don't like. I'm like, oh, everybody's tapped out, and I totally forget about like, hmm, uh, manaless counter spells. I'm like, right. oh shit, uh, you know, or or something like that. Um, but yeah, the uh, the alpha strike, the oh man, someone else is gonna do it, and I'm like, oh, I could probably. I've been sitting on these cards for a little bit. Like, do you sit on them for a while? Uh, like, will you if you have your your like part of your combo in your opening hand, or you, say you even just have your combo in your hand, will you sit on that sucker? Uh, yeah. I mean, if the time's not right, absolutely. Yeah. All right. How long do you think you have you have had a combo in your hand and not deployed it? Oh, entire games. Oh, really? Like just, just oh, yeah. waiting for the good time? Yep. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm just not good at waiting for the good time. <laughs> so, well, want- I mean, sometimes you're just like screwed on man, and, and so like. You're like, okay, well, if I just piecemeal this out, it's not going to happen or like, you know, so, yeah. That I mean, Okay, that's that's a, a good segue from this one. Like, do you piecemeal or do you just drop it all at once? So I try to drop it all at once unless it's something that like, you know, like if you've got a card that's just good on its own as part of the combo and you, you're you not 100% depending on a combo. Like if you've got like a food chain or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll roll the food chain or an Ashnod's altar or something that like I'm going to make really solid use of. Mm-hmm. Now, the the more usually combos have like some of those types of pieces, but then also like either quicker pieces or 
um, pieces that aren't as useful in other situations, then I, I, I keep them in hand. Like, I mean, think about like high tide, right? High tide combos with all of the things, but like mm. it's a one-time use thing. So you kind of want to keep that in hand until you're ready to actually go off. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Um, um but then the, like I said, there's a, there's a social aspect to when to go off as well. All right, well, let's get into the social aspect then, too. Like, we talked a little bit about the feel-bads about a week or right. two ago, right? So, but- if I'm playing against new players, like, brand new players, I will do a combination of, like, if I literally have nothing else to do other than my combo pieces, I will slow roll them out, and I will point out what they do and interact with other things for people. Oh, interesting. Okay, so like as you're playing it, um, like I don't know, say you have the, you drop the food chain, right? Right. You're like, oh, okay, I drop the food chain. Then when you play the next card, you're gonna explain the interaction between the two of them for the the newbies. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Okay, and then pr- presumably like there's probably three cards into that combo, I would imagine. So, right. So then, I, so I would say like, hey, this is how this works. So if I were able to do A, B, and C, like that might be something that if you're able to interact with, like you know, if you wanted to, I don't know, stop me from winning the game. Right. I mean, like not put so bluntly, but like, yeah. I mean, I'll kind of explain like, okay, so, and they're like, oh well, I have a disenchant. Can I do anything with that? I'll walk them through like, okay, yes, there is some timing things to think about here, but here's when you do it if you're trying to stop me from doing this thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah, with newer player, I mean, with newer players, honestly, like I, I don't like like I I'm grumpy old man with like all like you know my my normal play group or or like you and stuff so, like. You know, oh, I hate this part about EDA, but like, I don't want to actually like gatekeep to new players. So, like, I will do anything to like just tell, like, help them and like not make them have a bad first couple experiences. <laughs> well, because presumably they're going to say, fuck this. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. And you don't want them to do that. Like, so, Wizards, I'm doing God's work out there for you. It would be bad if they, if they said that and then just said, fuck right. this. I'm getting into Hearthstone. So. Or right. whatever. Do people still play Hearthstone? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. I don't on a random aside. You know what I, I just downloaded today? I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> Did you know that that Magic Spell Slingers was a, a game for no. iOS and Android and all that? No. It's like a Hearthstone. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're getting to it. I don't really want to talk about this in interstitial. It just happens to be. I'll, a thing. I'll look it up on my own. It's yeah. fine. It's like magic, but without lands mostly, and it's like a real simplified weird. It's like a. Di- it's not even really magic. It just happens okay. to be a great a thing that Sounds exists for stupid. free. It does sound stupid. It's just like I don't know if it. I don't know if people thought that Magic Arena was too much for them. I don't know. <laughs> it was. I don't know. It, it seems like a weird thing to design like another game that has like anime versions of the cards you and the characters you have to get them into your game. That seems like a weird a weird thing to, to do, but I don't know. So Here, anyway. kid. You're yeah. too young for heroin. Have some <laughs> weed. <laughs> I mean... Sure, sure, I guess. Yeah, are we going all the way in on this? Uh, yeah, all right. I mean, listen, man. I mean, we usually call it cardboard crack, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> is, that is true. Listen, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta hook them young, I guess. 
So yeah, far, far. But yeah, I mean, I think the other social aspect is you, you have to, you have to know your deck. You have to, you have to gauge what other people are feeling in, in your pod. Like, and have you been playing that deck all night and winning the exact same way? Like, I don't know. I, I tend to like tank plays if, if I feel like everybody's going to hate life over it you know <laughs> i'd rather i'd rather lose the game than everybody else have a horrible time yeah that that is better i get it um i think this, this also comes off like if you've if you've won the previous game or games or like when i sit down and I have an infinite combo you know when i have a couple of decks that, that are situated around infinite combos if i do it i win the game and i usually put that deck away or i'll put that deck to a side or something i don't mm. like I don't know. I don't like deploying the infinite combo multiple multiple times because at some point it seems like magic solitaire, you know. Right, but right. With three people watching me, so I'm like, uh, eh, I don't know. I don't mind if I if I do it once and then get off and then just say like, oh man, I did the thing, you know. Like oh, like I love me my Emery right. deck, right? My Emery deck is super fun for me. It's kind of like watching me play though when that sucker. Goes yeah, off. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I think a lot of people end up shortcutting that. Like, you've got this infinite combo that has multiple steps, and it's like, okay. I, I think I think that everybody, when you're playing an infinite combo, you need to be able to you need to be able to do the two following things: one, demonstrate a single loop of the combo very clearly to people, which yes, a lot of times step people by step. can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, show, like A goes to B, goes to C, goes to D, goes to, like yeah. Um, which for the record, uh, commander spellbook has the steps listed out for you. So if you don't know how the combo works, yes. it literally will tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so demonstrate the combo in one loop, tell people what the timing is that they're allowed to interact with it. Right. Because sometimes it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to interrupt this part. And you're like, oh, that's fine. I can just go around that. So, like, just tell people. Like, yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if, like it involves morph or something, you know, like weird right, timing interactions. Exactly. Just yeah. tell people what the, like, what the timing is. Like, you, if you have something to remove this at this time, say that. Yes. And then execute whatever it is. So, if it's like drawing your whole deck and then playing your whole deck, like, yeah, sure. You know, you could do that. And then just grab the whole thing. Like when the last time I, I won with the combo, I was like, uh, technically this says I can just infinitely draw. So I'm going to grab this much. And I just picked up like two thirds <laughs> of my remaining deck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if that doesn't get me there, maybe I'll draw other cards. Yeah. Maybe I'll go do this other thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't know, do you curate maybe for speed of combos at any point? You know what I mean? Like, is there is do you worry about like oh you know like you said that you, this combo has many many steps to it like do you prefer to go with like simpler combos to just kind of get it in get it out I prefer the opposite <laughs> Oh the the multi step super yeah. annoying yeah okay Yeah I I prefer the the like full contraption like where if there was like a 99 card combo, like I'm amped to play that thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Just get there, man. You know, or, or don't. Yeah. It, it, no, it, like the two card combos, I think are like almost too obnoxious sometimes. Mm. 
Um, I would I would rather play one that has like multiple steps and does like interesting things and can go in multiple directions and things like that. Yeah, I prefer. I don't know, I th- it's weird. The two tower combos. I think everybody has a. I don't know, like maybe an aversion to nowadays, probably mm. because there's such a there's such a social stigma to it. The only time I don't mind doing like two card combos is when they're two card combos for me that might feed something else. So like for instance, like I really like Cephalid Illusionist um as a right. as a, a dumb card that helps me like put things in my library or put things in my graveyard for my library. And like if I want to like self mill, I could just self mill my whole deck out and do that if I want to. Right. Or I could just do a couple at a time, you know? Right. So like I like using that. That's like a you know, it's infinite self mill, so but it's just for me, and usually it's just because I'm feeding something else, so I don't mind that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, like I'm not entirely opposed to them if they're if they're not game winning. Meaning, like, like I I don't have a problem with playing like Palancron Hide Tide because, like, okay, I mean, you st- you still need to do something with the mana, like that's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so things like that where like. It's infinite, but it's not winning you the game infinite. It's like, and then I try to find more creative outlets for that mana, you know, as opposed to, you know, just here's a drain life or what, you know, whatever it is. Um, now that said, I mean, like I have played combos like in the the Prosperous Bloom deck that that's basically like an old school combo. It's, you know, two or three cards and you basically just have everybody draw out their decks and it's very efficient. Right. But it's not where I lean most of the time, and, and with decks like that that are expressly combo decks, meaning I don't I don't have a win con in that deck other than comboing, um, then my every turn is literally dedicated to comboing off, every single turn. Hmm. <laughs> like from one on, I am just straight up like, okay, can I go off this turn? No. Can I go off this turn? No. Like, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, because that, that is the deck, right? Right, that's exactly. Just, like, what else am I doing? Like, yeah. other than that, it's like, okay, I can't go off this turn. Ramp or draw cards. Got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think as long as you tell people ahead of time that, or, like, people know. You know, like, I'm usually right. pretty usually pretty upfront about it. I'm like, oh, this deck, I'm pretty much going to do my own thing until I either win or die. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, with new play groups, I think it's always... I, I think it's increasingly important to have the conversation of what type of deck you're running. You don't even have to say it's a combo deck, but like, you know, like on a scale of like, you know, how powerful it is or, or things like that. You can say that it's a combo deck if you want, but um, with playgroups that you've played with for years and years and years, I feel like they probably know what they're getting into at any given point. So, They've had to put yeah. up with you for a long time. Right. So, yeah, I, I, be, I bet at that time. At that point, you probably don't need to. However, sometimes it is still nice, especially if there's like a new person who joins that group or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Or if you're the person like me who puts together a new deck and is like all stupid excited to make it do the thing. Because that is mostly what I don't really care if I win or lose most of the time. I mean, it would be nice to win, but I want to see my deck do the thing that I built it to do. Right. So if it does the thing, I'm happy. If I get stopped while it's in the middle of doing the thing, I'm probably also at least at least mildly happy. Because I'm like, oh look, it did. You know, the engine worked. So right. Yeah. But anyway, ladies and gents, if you guys have other thoughts, ideas about when to unleash your infinite combo, the hopefully game-winning infinite combo, let us know. 
Uh, see also the, th- the the gift that keeps on giving. CommanderSpellbook.com. God, I love that. Mm-hmm. I just love that site. Man. I don't know. I was just goofing around as we we're doing the segment. I found another dumb combo for like my Doran deck. You know, just give me right. give me a lovely random. Like I love doing that in Scryfall too. Like here's a random thing. Have fun. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, stick with us through a dumb interstitial. We will come back in technology and uh, cool off with some cards from Ice Age. You knew it was coming. Don't do it. All right, sir. What's what's we gonna talk about for this? All right, uh, uh, I'm very hungry right now, so we could talk sandwiches. But <laughs> um, I I want you to defend your statement of the third one because I, I I disagree. Okay, have you played Twenty Minutes Till Dawn? I so I I mean I watch more stuff than I play, but sure. uh, I have I have seen gameplay of both of these. Yes. I, I think, as I've said before, I think this lives in the hands. Uh, and specifically, I think uh, 20 Minutes Till Dawn, even though it is a, I don't know, a clone of Vampire Survivor, which seems weird. Yeah, I mean, it's that whatever subgenre that exists out there now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, like if you ever play Vampire Survivor, it's just what, like hordes and hordes, hundreds, thousands of enemies that are, that are oh, coming yeah. at you all the yeah. time. You're trying not to die. You get... Uh, various experience, little tidbits, experience points, gems, jewels, whatever. You quickly level up. And basically within in 20 minutes till dawn, it's 20 minutes. In Vampire Survivor, it's like a half hour. Right. Whatever segment of time is, you just have to survive that long until you beat it, right? The key difference, in Vampire Survivor, your only input is movement. You just automatically attack, and you don't have any skills or anything else you can deploy you literally you can play it with a thumbstick like that's all it is right uh which isn't bad right i enjoy me a vampire survivor like vampire survivors it's fun weirdly my daughter loves watching it because you know it's the goofy like castlevania vibes of all those enemies and stuff oh yeah yeah um 20 minutes till dawn does uh, does it better in that you can aim so it's like sure. a twin, it's like yeah, a twin okay. stick shooter and you do have some limited skills depending on the character you play. Um, I like it better. It is it is a smaller version of Vampire Survivor in that like you don't have as many different. I mean, it's still an early access to it, but you don't have as many different uh, skills. You don't have as, as the enemy yeah, variety is yeah. not is not the same. You know, you're mostly fighting weird Cthulhu squids for most of it occasionally right. they'll throw in like a big mouth cthulhu squid or a couple of different um you know big bad bosses or something but it's right. it's it's samey in that route but it's more interactive than vampire survivor which is the thing that, that gets me so that's what gives me the leg up on that like i just want to aim you know i want to be able to control my reloads i want to some occasionally have like a like some characters have like a dash move you know which which i right. would kill for in vampire survivor sometimes um, for me, the the aesthetic and lack of simplicity are the are the detractors. Like, first of all, I I hate the way that Twenty Minutes Till Dawn looks. <laughs> it, it's it's not for everybody. It's a little monochromatic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also like I think that the the lack of aiming 
Which you can kind of aim in Vampire Survivor, some of the weapons. You just get close to things and it automatically... But also, like, the whole point of Vampire Survivor is that some weapons... Like, some of the weapons have directionality to them, and that's kind of part of the strategy. Sure, yeah. I'm not saying Vampire Survivor doesn't have all these things. It totally does. Yeah. It It's just... I like 20 Minutes Till Dawn. I don't, it's one of those... I don't even think it's a cilantro thing. I think it's just one of those... Like, I particularly like t- uh, twin stick shooters better mm. than whatever Vampire Survivor is. Like, sometimes it does bother me that I can't... I can't aim. I don't know... You I, like twin stick shooters? I don't like I, I like twin. I like me a twin stick shooter, man. I don't know. What can I say? I like me a Geometry Wars. So yeah, fair enough. You know, and and the the thing that the only thing that really bothers me about uh, Twenty Minutes Till Dawn is it has no controller support, so you have right. you have to do it with mouse and keyboard. It like they need to put that in there. I mean, you could do like joy to key and like I don't know, fudge it a little bit, but it's not going to be as good. Um, right. So it it's fine. You just kind of like you know after twenty minutes of like smacking the crap out of the mouse button, you know, you probably need to get up, stretch a little bit, but. Vampire Survivor. I have be- I have not beaten Vampire Survivor. I have beaten mm. a couple of times uh, Twenty Minutes Till Dawn. So, I I obviously think that's due to my incredible skill at video games. I'm a fucking master up here. So <laughs> it's probably what it is. But yeah, I'm just saying, right. if if you like Vampire, if you're like me and you like Vampire Survivor, but you just want it to be a little more interactive, Twenty Minutes Till Dawn, man. So just saying, yeah. it's, it's about the same about the same price point too. So. Go check you that out, young pilgrim. Uh, technology. In technology this week, ladies and gents. Adam, let us not bury the lead. No. We want to talk about some old fucking cards. Yes. Because we like some old fucking cards. I mean, that's just true. That is, there's just things. These, these are things that we Empirical know. Empirical truths in life. We, we are speaking nothing but the truth. Yeah. Um, and as we went through Ice Age, holy crap, there's a lot of cards in Ice Age that we really like. Um, so, ladies yeah. and gents, as we have done previously in the last couple of weeks, we're going to look through with a modern 2020 set of eyes to see what kind of cards are still worth playing. Admittedly, Many of the cards in this list are probably borderline worth playing. And we're um, going to disagree on them. We are definitely going to disagree on, on some of these. Some of these I can't believe you do not like, but that's... What else is new, ladies and gents? Right. So, also, there's a, there's a whole bunch of gimmies on this. Like, you don't need us to tell you that Necropotence and Demonic Consultation, Mystic Remora, Nature's Lore, etc. are good cards. Like, right. those are just the gimmies. So, what we have done before, again, is just like... These are known quantities. They are amazing cards. Yeah. The ones that we're going to talk about are not the known quantities, but they're still, in our opinion, worth your time in 2022. Yeah. So, Adam, let us start off at the top in a crazy, wild, alphabetical order with Abyssal yeah. Spectre. So. Uh, yeah, so Abyssal Spectre is uh, two black-black for a creature Spectre with flying, and it's a 2-3. Whenever Abyssal Spectre deals damage to a player, that player discards a card. Right. Uh, I just like this in the in the decks that I'm playing discard, right? Like, if you're going to play your Hypnotic Specters and things like that, this carries enchantments and stuff like that very well because it's already got evasion. You know, it's not as good as Hypnotic Specter, but, like, it's a nice backup to that. Man, I love being a Specter. Yeah, 
You yeah, know? Spectres are pretty awesome. I don't know. Uh, I like that. I don't know. We've kind of not gone back to the well, but we've gotten different little versions of Spectres over time. Yeah. My favorite version is Spell Spectre. That's the whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. Mm. Um, but it doesn't have the damage bit. Right. You know, when right. You damage you do that. So, yeah, it's tough. There's so many good, weird Spectres out there, though. Yeah. Maybe we should do Spectre Tribal. Oh. I'm just saying, there there are 25 Spectres. Well, I, I mean, we do love going to the to the Tribal Well, but you know what we go, like going to more than the Tribal Well? Mm-hmm. The Reserved List Well. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I can't and we are we are dipping in with our next card already. I can't believe this is actually part of the reserve list. And the reason we don't, we normally put reserve list cards aside on this. However, this is an eight dollar card. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna pick like reserve list cards, like this is the, this is the one to to get. I think um, it's actually still pretty good. So altar yeah. of altar of bone, also a good metal name. Uh, mm-hmm. Green and a white sorcery is an additional cost to cast a spell. Sack a creature. Search your library for a creature card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle. Adam, yeah. I, I love me sacking a Selesnya token and going to search for a creature. I was gonna say. I mean, like a tutor with for sack in Selesnya. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, like tutors are good. This is this is no surprise <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. This. I don't think I would put this in a gimme because I don't think I don't see this played a lot. Like people do the no, world tutors and the other tutors, right? But Alter of Bone is, is a tutor you should not sleep on. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good card. Uh, next one. I know you had to stop yourself from putting, you know, all of the Arkham Slays and Weather Veins, etc. On there. <laughs> There's um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. There are. Oh, what's uh, Arkham's Whistle was a was a hard hard one to go by. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So many uh, non-wall creatures. Oh. Yeah. So uh, Aronson's Aura is two and a white for an enchantment that says uh, you can pay white and sacrifice an enchantment to destroy a target enchantment. Or you can pay three blue blue to counter target enchantment spell. Um, this works particularly well in things that you know, like make everything. What is that? What is that card that makes everything enchantments? Oh, Enchanted Evening. Thank you. Enchanted Evening. You know, like you can obviously just sack any of your permanents to destroy anybody else's permanence. This has its place, obviously, in an Enchantress deck uh, because it triggers things. It allows you to, to get rid of enchantments that have maybe lost their usefulness for whatever reason. Uh, and blow up other people's things, and it has a counterspell built in on it as well. I like this card. I think it's a, a solid utility card. It's not like blowing everybody's mind, but it's a good card. It is a good card. Good card is good. There are plenty of ways nowadays to make little enchantment tokens, too, yep. after all the theory exactly. sets and stuff. Um, so, yeah, man. I don't know. Good card, good. Adam, I know we sometimes disagree with art. I think this is empirically... A, a non-issue like the ice age art no crap. no fifth fifth edition somehow uh actually fifth, got it right there yeah fifth edition amazing get some d alexander gregory art it's yeah. actually like really gorgeous art i think that's the, yeah. the version i have because i could not bring myself to purchase uh, I, I might as well the ice age uh, i'm not sure yeah we're gonna have to skip past barbed sexton i know it's gonna hurt you mm. oh and right in the feels, man. Yeah, right. So, and uh. and we're gonna go to uh, your <laughs> your favorite effigy. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I I have aspired to build a Wicker Man tribal deck <laughs> for many years, and this would be the centerpiece of it. So, yeah. burnt offering 
uh, is a one black instant card as an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature, add X in any combination of uh, black and or red where X is the sacrifice creature's mana value. Now, in the yeah. Ice Age original, there are no mana pips. Can you play this in a mono black deck? Oh, uh, I don't believe so because I think that the because the Oracle does have mana pips on it. So okay. I believe that you cannot. I think this has to be in Rakdos Plus. That is what I thought. However, in Rakdos, it's pretty dope. Oh God, yeah. Like this yeah. this card. I think these and and I think we talked about one in the last episode as well. Like these sack a creature for mana kind of effects, like they can be very good. Like this to me is almost an auto include in Rakdos as long as you're doing anything with graveyard. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it shines in like a ch- you know chainer version two or whatever else. Right. But, I mean, good card is good, man. Yeah, absolutely, it's very good. So get you that burnt offering. Next one. Uh, next one is Dance of the Dead. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Oracle for it because it's word soup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's worse in the Oracle version. Great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dance of the Dead is one in a black for an enchantment aura. It says, enchant creature card in a graveyard when Dance of the Dead enters the battlefield. If it's on the battlefield, whatever, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. loses enchant creature card in a graveyard and gains enchant creature put onto the battlefield with Dance of the Dead. Put enchanted creature card onto the battlefield, tapped under your control, and attach Dance of the Dead to it. When Dance of the Dead leaves the battlefield, that creature's controller sacrifices it. New paragraph. (laughs) Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. At the beginning of each... or I'm sorry. At the beginning of the upkeep of enchanted creature's controller... That player may pay one and a black if the player does untap that creature. Oh, my God. All right. What this <laughs> basically says is reanimate a thing with Dance of the Dead on it. Uh, it gets plus one, plus one, and doesn't untap. It's animate dead, except it gets plus one, plus one, and you have to pay to untap it. Yep. That's it. That's that's the thing. That's the thing God. it does. God, it's so painful. It is, but it's such a good card. If you it just is, want, it is a very good card. Yeah, if you just want more uh, animate dead effects, like that's what right. you get. And now you get a cool little thing along with yeah. it. Yeah, good card is good, man. With awesome art, also true. Yeah. Uh, Continue going after, like starting with enduring renewal or no, uh, uh, diabolic vision. I mean, um, yeah, or if you just keep wanting. I I had like one last thing to say about uh, Dance of the Dead. Only because oh, no, no, like, go, 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 go. yeah, if you're if you're bringing shit back that you don't care about actually attacking or doing things with or turning sideways like Dance of the Dead, it might as well be the same thing as Animate Dead. But also in the rare cases where you're doing like a Grim Grin and like you can use it to untap the Grim Grin, granted only yeah. during your upkeep. Because remember, this is Ice Age upkeep was really that upkeep step has never been more popular than it was during the right. old '90s. So, and then there's some cards that you don't really care about the untap i mean if it's something like a like a shieldred like i don't need to attack with shieldred it's yeah, doing its work you, you know your, your shieldred your kirix your you know right. pick your pick your annoying mono black commanders that you can get back with this sucker right so, exactly good card good yeah uh next one a real quick and easy one a diabolic vision so diabolic visions is a blue and a black it's real simple 
look at the top five cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, put the remaining four on top of your library in any order. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like this just for, I mean, look, it's card sift, it's card draw all, all in one thing. It's not overpowered and it's not, you know, an auto include, but it's a decent card. Yeah. Good card. Good. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, next one. Uh, yes. Next one is Enduring Renewal. Mm. One of my all-time faves. Uh, Enduring Renewal is too white, white for an enchantment that says play with your hand revealed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you would draw a card, reveal the top card of your library instead. If it's a creature card, put it into your graveyard. Otherwise, draw a card. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. Adam, this card kind of breaks my brain. Yeah. Um, this card is fantastic. Like, I, I like so many things about this. Like, I like it design-wise because it's got, like, drawbacks that aren't really drawbacks. But it's basically like, you're never allowed to draw a creature again. You only get to deal with the creatures that you already have out, and they just keep coming back to you. Which presumably you don't really care about because you're doing horribly broken things, the creatures you have coming back to you. Right. And I mean, honestly, like there's so many combos that work with this from, you know, sacrificing things for for your altars and then you get them back and you can continuously do that. There's the original combo of the Ornithopter Atog and, and this and you just swing with an infinite, infinite Atog. Um it's just a it's a great card that does something unique. Yeah. Get yourself a sack outlet. Uh get yourself some infinite death triggers, sacrifice triggers, ETBs, leave the battlefields, blah yep. blah 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 blahs. Yeah, man. And it's a three dollar card, so totally worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good card, good. Yep. Next one. Uh what are we down to here? Uh are we down to Finhorn Elves. The Finhorn Elves. Adam, how do you like you, a uh, uh, Lanawar Elf? Uh, I love Lanawar Elves. W- would you like another one, sir? Well, yeah, I mean, I can't play. Like, I, you can only play one. Oh, okay. But w- what if you had a, a functional identical card that did the same thing? Oh, that's fantastic. I okay, would like many of those. <laughs> yes. Many. With, I think, better art. Both old school dumb art. Yeah, which is better than the. Oh, I don't know if I. Agree I, with I like that the one. new. I also like. I think it was the promo, whatever version of uh, Finhorn Elves. What was it? Yeah, yeah, that from the is, Vault Twenty. That art. is good art. I do like that. Yeah, I was a dumbass and bought the expensive from the Vault Twenty, and then Commander Legends came out the exact same art. Um, yeah, I also brought, bought from the Vault Twenty. Yeah, but because the uh, old guy's got the the little stabby dagger. He does. He does. And then the new guys are just kind of like chilling on a mountain. Yeah. So I uh, get you the chilling on a mountain one. It's 34 cents. Yeah. Next one. Uh, next one is Glacial Chasm. This is uh, a land with a cumulative upkeep of two life. Ooh. Uh, and then when it enters the battlefield, you sack a land. Creatures you control can't attack. So far, it's sounding like a real <laughs> bad card. Mm-hmm. I like like if it just stopped there. Cumulative upkeep, pay two life. You sack a land, and your creatures can't attack. Yeah, it, it really lives or dies by the final sentence, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, final f- sentence is prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. All damage, not all combat damage. Not all just damage. All the damage. No damage for you. 
all the damage. Uh, like whether you're inflicting it or not. So feel free to go wild with your pyrohemias or your other like what uh, something vortex, fiery vortex or something like that. Mm-hmm. The earthquake uh, all yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things. But yeah, this this is a fantastic card. Borders on being a staple. Ooh, a staple is hard. But I would tell you, I mean, it is a great way to protect your infinite combos. Segway. Yep. So, yep, it is. Uh, it's also totally worth the five dollars the original is gonna cost oh, you. Oh god, yeah. So uh, yeah. you could splurge and, and go for the from the vault if you want just want to curl up the rest of your deck. So I mean it's very nice art and well yeah, it it is a little uh uh curly. Yeah. The, you know, the from the vaults, I like them, man, but I don't know. They they I don't know. They they don't seem to like themselves. So no. Uh, next one, we're gonna get a special little twofer here because we gotta go yeah. head to head here because I love me a glacial crevasses, but on the other side of this with the sunstones, Adam is gonna try to tell you that paying mana is better for a little versatility, whereas everyone yeah. knows that model red is just the place to live. So glacial crevasses, two colorless and a red, it's an enchantment. You may at any time sack a snow mountain to prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Yep. Now, uh, and Sunstone is three generic uh, for an artifact that says pay two, sacrifice a snow land, prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn. Adam. Yes. Clearly, the place to be is Snow Cover Mountain Land. Well, I mean, I think that you're right. Uh, in mono black decks, that's difficult to do, though. Mm, see, you're not playing mono red. And this is right. the problem that we're having here. This is the problem that we're having is that we're like, we're not all in on all my decks or mono. <laughs> That's the problem. Jeez. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, like, look, glacial crevasses is, is, is fine, but like being in red, I mean, red is not a strong color. So if you want that type of effect in, you know, everything else, you t- <laughs> kind of have to take those words out your mouth. But yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I get you, you trade a little versatility for, uh, you know, all the other goodness you get with this. You love a little repeatable fog. Do you want to be able to do that in any color or just with your mountains? It's well, let me you. put it to you this way. Let's mm. say you're in Boros. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which one do you play? Oh, Glacial Crevasses. I hard, hard disagree. None of your dual lands work for it. None of like, but all of your planes are useless. Like, yeah, what's your point? You got like maybe ten cards you can sack. To this <laughs> I mean, me listen the the way I'm playing it. You you have the Crucible Worlds out, and that's what you're you're getting. Well, back. okay. I mean, like so. you can have the Crucible Worlds out in both scenarios. Yeah, but one costs less. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. Listen. You, People understand where I'm coming from, which is not that I want to win the game. So clearly. Okay. Also, right, well. not for nothing, man. We went from mono red to Boros. Like that's the only way down. So Yeah. No, man. Uh next one, sir. Uh oh, actually, this one's my read, I think. Yeah. Halls of Mist. Ooh. Not not Hall of Mists. No, no, or, that is only what I call it. <laughs> Halls of Mist. Uh, another weird reserveless card for like three fifty. Uh, it's a yeah. land that produces no mana, so we're already yeah. on a good, already off to a good start. Also has cumulative upkeep. We're mm-hmm. we're raking it in here. 
Creatures that attack during their controller's last turn can't attack. Yeah. Adam, tell me this use case for this otherwise horrible card. I mean, I think it's just a me- like a very medium like uh, pillow fort card. Yeah. It just stops people from being able to, you know, actively attack with everything that they're trying to. Um, you know, if if somebody has like a token deck, this basically is the opposite of doubling season for them. <laughs> it cuts their their token army in half for attacking. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, I guess if you just want to mess with people, like uh uh uh, did you attack last turn? Uh uh uh. Oh no! I mean, it's annoying to keep track of. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, and annoy your uh your your opponents to death. Like, well, that's look, a, I mean that's just part of the game. That's that's a way to go. So. It's true. Yeah. Can can I point out though? Like I always call this Hall of Mists, uh, but it's even super obvious from the art that it's Halls of Mist. There are three halls and one mist. <laughs> yes, we we understand. You have gotten it wrong in all the ways you can get it wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's I just like that it's backed by the art, and then there's like Skelly Dude for no reason. Cause it's Misty's stuff. So and skelly dudes live there. Apparently, skelly dudes li- live there. All right, fair so, enough. Because we can't uh, alphabetize. Uh, Hallow ground is the next one. So speaking of some snow covered lands, uh, one and a white. It's an enchantment. Uh, you may pay two white to return target snow covered land you control to its owner's hand. That's weird. I actually ran the the alphabetizer thing. I don't know why. Because you did a hollowed ground. Oh, I spelled it. That's <laughs> okay. All right, it's not an alphabetizing <laughs> issue. It's literally it's an I Adam issue. Spell. It's fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. Listen, yeah. we got there eventually. We all knew what we we're doing. Adam, yeah. uh, this is a card I have considered playing. Um, it seems like unless you were playing uh, block constructed Kaldheim, I don't know that you would get a lot of play off of this. But tell me, tell me where you're at. <laughs> so, I mean, I have played this before primarily in um, two scenarios. One where it's like you're basically the, the lands deck. Let's say even say like the um, gates deck, right? Sure. Because you're returning non snow covered lands to your hand. So like if somebody's going to try to blow you out and, you know, and you, and you need to, you know, bounce something critical also, I mean, this does bounce your, your glacial chasm back. It'll bounce your halls of mist. Right. You get tired of that cumulative upkeep, you want to reset it, put that sucker right the fuck back down. Exactly. So, I mean, it's good It's good for those types of scenarios. Um, you know, it's also good for landfall things because you can just pay to bounce a land. Like, if you don't have a land drop, pay to bounce a land, play it. Sure. Landfall. Yeah. You know? Um, so, it's, it's a pretty niche card. Um, I have played it in a couple decks. Uh, I used to play it in the standard, too. Um, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> Ice Age standard. Yeah, yeah, like twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting card. Not super powerful, but it has its place. Yeah, it, it is a thing. So, uh, next one. I think I'm just gonna briefly go over next one, and then move on to Illusions of Grandeur. So, uh, yeah, Hydroblast is just Pyroblast, but in blue. So, you yeah. want to destroy you a you want to counter a red spell. Or destroy a red permanent, gets you a Hydro Blast. So, yep. Uh, Which is the same thing as Blue Elemental Blast, right? This is just a functional Yeah, reprint. it's a functional reprint. It is the Finhorn Elves of the, whatever the card you just said was. So, yeah. So we're going to move on to Illusions of Grandeur because this is a weird, dumb card. Um, yes. Illusions of Grandeur, three colorless and a blue. It's an enchantment with a cumulative upkeep of two. 
Uh, when Illusions of Grandeur enters the battlefield, you gain 20 life. When mm-hmm. Illusion of Grandeur leaves the battlefield, you lose 20 life. This is also a reserveless card, but this is slightly more expensive for 1064 as of this recording. Adam, why do you like you that Illusions of Grandeur? Uh, well, I mean, we can start with the art and why there's a bunny up a dragon's butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, which is not actually what's happening, but yeah, it, it kind of, like, is evocative of that. Um, Illusions of Grandeur is just one of those classics of, you know, like a donate card, right? Yeah. Yeah, you give this to somebody, eventually they'll have to... Like, they you gained the 20 life, they'll lose the 20 life. Cute issue... Very cute thing that you can do. Uh, Despotic Scepter works with this too, right? Because it's a permanent that you own. Um, so you can just get rid of it and shortcut that. Um, it's cute, but I think that the reason why this hasn't gone up a lot is because it's not a super powerful effect. Like, it's not a game-winning effect, and it's just cute at this point. Like, it, you know, there's a, there's better things you could be doing. Wait, it's weird because like recently this got slightly better just because fractured identity is a thing. So right. like, you cast this, do a fractured identity. Everybody gets a copy. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like that's, yeah, that's a cute thing to, you know, drop life totals precipitously around the table. That's cute. But yeah, you know, it's, it's neat. I think your, your mileage will vary whether or not you want to pay like 11 bucks for this card. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for some reason, Adam didn't want to talk about the amazing Phil Folio Infernal Darkness, so I guess we're going to move on to another card. Uh, <laughs> which one would you like to talk about, sir? No, we could talk about Infernal Darkness. So Infernal Darkness is two black black for an enchantment that has a cumulative upkeep of black and paying one life. Uh, and if a land is tapped for mana, it produces black instead of any other type. So... This is a mana color hoser, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's exactly what you use it for. So. Right. And that dude's yeah, like... I was trying to think anything else that... like, I mean, yeah, I guess it turns some of your colorless lands into black, but that... I mean, that's not too important. Yeah, no. I mean, if you just want to hose somebody, like, it works really well in Kyrick because you can just pay life right. for this, you know, no matter how big the cumulative upkeep is going. Um, it's good just to hose other players, although, I mean... I think like Blood Moon is still way better than this if you're looking for color hosing effects. But uh, if you need oh, that, yeah. if you need that, and you don't want to go like the Contagion route or something, um, Infernal Darkness still still worth at least thinking about. So. Yeah, I was never a huge fan because it just it seemed like it didn't it didn't hose enough for the for the amount that you're paying. Because yeah, I mean you're paying like cumulative upkeep of life and mana just to hose people's color. I'm like, eh, yeah, it, you got to be like all in on that strategy. Right. Right. So, yeah. It's kind of a lot. Um, next one, sir. Uh, next one is jeweled amulet. Ooh. Um, Oh, this is my read. Uh, jeweled amulet is a zero mana artifact. You may pay one and tap it to put a charge counter on jeweled amulet. Note the type of mana spent to pay this activation cost. Activate only if there are no charge counters on jeweled amulet. And then you may tap it to remove a charge counter from jeweled amulet to add one mana of jeweled amulet's last noted type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it reminds me of... Oh, God, there was another artifact that I think cost three 
that you could put a charge counter on and take the charge counter off. Plus it taps for mana on its own. So it'll make two. Yeah. It was, it was an EDH staple for a long time and it kind of fell off. Yeah. Jeweled amulet. I remember seeing an awful lot back in the day. It's not the worst cheap mana rock. Like sometimes you see it. Uh, I like I will occasionally see it in eggs decks. You know? Right, eggs, Cheerios, things like that. It obviously shines in. Um, you know, it's also it does it does ramp you from one turn to another. You know, if you're if you're sitting around with, um, you know, like you're sitting on a counter spell, you don't really have anything else to do. You know, at the end of the one person's turn, you put a charge counter on this, and then. Yeah, your next turn, you're up a mana. Great. Yeah. I mean, it has uh, definitely been, I think, outclassed by other mana rocks. Uh, it's like a 105th mana rock or something. But, you know, it, it's still useful. It still has a use. Yeah, I've actually seen this get more play in recent years Ooh. than it did like five or six years ago. Ooh, do tell. Well, what I think do you see because... It? Yeah, I think just because of the, like, zero mana thing, you know, like... Zero mana artifacts that you're like this. This is as close to like what a cheap mox that you're going to get. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen it played. You know, right? Because I mean, ain't no one buying a mox diamond anymore. Right? Exactly. You, yeah. you like you either have a mox or you don't, and and the regular moxen are banned anyway in the in the format. So this is as close as you're getting. Yeah. Next one, yokel hops, yokel hops. I'm I'm gonna go with how I grew up saying it, which is probably not right. Which is just jockle hops. All of these things are valid to me. I right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but jockle hops is a four red red for a sorcery that says destroy all artifacts, creatures, and lands. They can't be regenerated. No, Adam. What it says is pay six mana, make friends, and influence people. <laughs> that's what this says yeah. uh who doesn't love the yakko hops a jackal hops a, yeah yeah i mean like the i think the devil is in the details with this card and it has gotten more popular over the years with the advent of things like planeswalkers because it yeah. doesn't say destroy those yep that's exactly where i was going yep uh enchantments another thing that it does not say Ooh, yeah there we go mm -hmm. yeah so, I mean, like, because it leaves those things off, but it does destroy lands, which very few sweepers <laughs> do. Um, yeah, this uh, this tends to screw all the players that aren't specifically playing around it. Yeah. W which you... It's kind of hard to play along yep, around yep. lands. Yeah, it's a little hard. Um, man, I love me a Yakko Hops, though. Yep. Good card. Uh, Adam, have we done the, the, the Jockle Hops uh, art? Me, it's Mike Care. Oh Kerr. wait, I don't. I like on. I like the mark. There's only a few cards that Mike Care ever did, but I like that art style. It's kind of weird and floaty, and oh, I do not like that at all. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. I think maybe that's a cilantro thing. I like Mike Mike Care art. That dude did no, it. No, I hated most of the art that was in that style. <sighs> yeah, give me a good Inferno, uh, a Zenic Poltergeist. I've just named three of the five cards he ever did for Magic. I was going to say, like, so, what? Yeah. Hold anyway, on. Jockle Hops, good card. Yeah, again, you want to anger everybody, get you a Jockle Hops. Oh, that Inferno is horrible. God. I love me that Inferno. Ah, oh, whatever. Uh, next one went from niche to even nicher. 
Yep. This, this this is good in exactly one deck that I know of. Uh, but it's really good in that one deck. So Leshrax Sigil is a two mana enchantment. It is two black. Whenever an opponent casts a green spell, you may pay a black black. If you do look at that player's hand, choose a card from it. That player discards a card. And you may pay two black to return Leshrax Sigil to its owner's hand. Adam. There's a color-shifted version in this set too, right? Yes, there's a green version that does essentially the same thing, um, but the green version is not as good because the green version you cannot play with either Pontiff of Blight or uh, Aetherflux Reservoir in a Kyrick deck to mm. get you uh, some infinite infinite life loss, infinite things. There are just two combos that I know of this. It just happens to be really good with one specific commander so right. if, you are, if you are playing a Kyrick deck, you should spend the thirty-two cents to get you this weird-ass Drew Tucker Leshrac sigil because it's very. Oh, yeah, good. I love the art for this. But yeah, <laughs> it is very good in one deck, one right. deck only. So eh. I don't, I don't know if that counts as like playable nowadays, but you know, whatever. It's kind of like Wood Elemental in Titania, right? Like crap card, except for one instance, which right. is marginally pretty good, but. Anyway, uh, next one, sir. Let's talk about a Magus. Magus? Yeah, so Magus of the Unseen is a, a, color, uh, a generic and a blue for a human wizard 1-1. One, one. Uh, you can pay one and a blue, tap it to untap target artifact and opponent controls and gain control of it until end of turn. It gains haste until end of turn. When you lose control of the artifact, tap it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, this is a surprisingly powerful effect in EDH just because I think people don't even realize how many artifacts they play. Yeah, just like incidentally. Yeah, like, oh, this thing's a... And especially like, I don't know, nowadays with the uh, return to Kamigawa, like things were just incidentally artifacts out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know, man. Good card's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like... (laughs) counters platinum angel like it's just yeah <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> that's a, that's a thing you can do with it i think it's yeah. good for just like st- weird steely things right yeah you know yeah. You, you got a thing where you know i'm not gonna destroy your big mana rock i'm just gonna steal it and borrow it for a turn that's all you know i don't i don't need to i don't need to take your worm coil engine i mean forever? it works very poorly for stealing mana rocks though well i mean if you have like some a mana rock that taps for more than two like say basalt monolith or you know something like that grim monolith well no i mean they just tap it in response oh yeah but it untaps does it say untap it says untap target artifact that's the first line oh i was looking for for it after that like (laughs) i was thinking it said gain control of and then it's like later it would say on you know i mean listen this is that would not be even like the 12th time that mark has totally misread a fucking card but i'm like no no, no, way that's fine yeah Yeah. so anyway yeah i mean good card good i don't know i made just the unseen probably i mean not amazing but like good card good yeah absolutely uh next one good commander good yeah, I mean, is it a good commander? Like, it's I, worth talking about. Listen, I like me a Martin Stromgold. This might be the most expensive card in this list because it's like sixteen bucks. Well, it's reserved, apparently. It is. It is a reserveless card. Uh, Martin Stromgold is a two Carlos and two red legendary creature, human knight. I just found out he's a knight, so which makes sense, I guess. He's on a horse. Uh, uh, yeah, 
whenever Martin Stromgold attacks, other attacking creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn for each attacking creature other than Martin Stromgold. Whenever, very strong. Very strong. He is. Martin Stronggold. Uh, uh, whenever Martin Stromgold blocks, other blocking creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn for each blocking creature other than Martin Stromgold. Martin yeah. uh, Martin does some work in uh in goblins. Martin Goblin Gold. Yeah. I think is uh is a thing to do. Martin Tolkien <laughs> I like, Gold. I feel like this would be very good in um in a deck where you can give him vigilance. Ooh. So like, like a him. like a Boros all in vigilance deck, right? Yeah, I mean I have just played him in like mono red tokens. You know, he's just g- generically good in that. Mm. Um you know, it, because he gives that that buff to yeah whole team like it's a really good buff if you have like any kind of evasion if you can give like menace or a trample or something to your dudes like oh man Martin Stronghold good card yeah I'm kind of feeling this with like the the like Master Warcraft like that that whole like yeah. Boros like like I'm gonna control how things attack and block kind yeah. of feel mm-hmm. now we're that talking. Seems- that seems interesting. Now we're talking. I'm a little bit different for Boros. I didn't say anything about artifacts or equipment. <laughs> That's also, but I mean, he wears equipment like a beast. So all it's he needs true. is a he little bit of evasion. You know, just needs a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he could use he could use evasion or protection of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Martin Stormgold, He's a I I say good old school commander. So yeah. Uh, next one. Speaking of a good old school commander. Yeah, I love this one. Um. Mariecki re Barrett. Sure. Barrett? I don't know. Sure. Uh white, blue, and a black for a legendary creature human. She's a one-one. Um Mariecki uh doesn't untap during untap step, and it has an ability uh tap gain control of target creature for as long as you control Mariecki. Uh, when Mariaki leaves the battlefield or becomes untapped, destroy that creature. It can't be regenerated. You know, as I'm looking at this, I think this card is just a better version of Ramsey's Overdark. Yeah. Like, I think it just is. And I've just realized that, and I feel like I've wasted a lot of my life. <laughs> so, so I used to play, this was one of my early, like, get back into uh, playing decks. Um, I would totally put this back together. It was fun. Um, so there's a couple things to note about this. So you never lose control of the creature unless you lose control of Mariaki. So you gain control of it for as long as you control Mariaki. Uh, if you can untap her lots of times, then you can basically destroy stuff. You can just steal their things, blow it up, steal their things, blow it up, steal their things, blow it up. Yeah. It says destroy that creature. Also important to note, it says destroy that creature. So what happens if you steal one of their creatures that has indestructible and untap it? Hmm. Nothing. You just keep it for as long as you have Mariaki. Ooh. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. I didn't know about that. Right. There's a lot of weird stuff like that with her. There's also like stacking, you know, like, well, I guess they rephrased it now. So as long as you, you control her, like, so. Like as soon as she died, but like, yeah, so you just protect the hell out of her and then you can basically like blow up everybody's board and keep what you want. Uh, also, the art is bad, but good because of the background. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think you introduced me to that because I never knew she was sitting on skulls. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. 
it totally makes sense now, right? But at the time, just yeah. like what? Yeah, I kind of want to build me a Mariki Rebure deck. Yeah, it's, they're pretty. Yeah, pretty good. There's there's a lot of like fun stuff you can do in that deck. That seems like a fun like. Okay, check this old school commander out deck and cheap too. She's like two bucks. You know, you can. Get oh the, yeah, yeah, two three bucks. You you get her and yeah. Yeah, you can get the time shifter version. Go old school with this if you want to. Get you a Thornbite staff. Get you an Intruder alarm. Like go to town. Yeah, good card. Good. Yeah, I kind of think I kind of want to build a dumb deck. Oh, good card, good. See, this is the problem with these segments. Now I just want to build more decks. I know, I you know, know. It's almost like we built a whole podcast around it. Oh. <laughs> um, next one, Mesmeric Trance. One colorless and two blue. It's cumulative upkeep of one. It's an enchantment. It has a uh, real simple pay a blue and loot. Discard a card from your hand, draw a card. Oh, I'm sorry, a yeah. rummage, not a loot. Oh yeah, discard a card and then draw a card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's important for this dollar reserve list card. Um, the cumulative upkeep ain't great, but I can imagine plenty of scenarios where I'd be happy to pay a blue to rummage. Yeah, I mean this this feels like a setting some up something up for the next turn because like, you know, you pay three. All right, probably next turn you pay pay the one upkeep and then just like rummage most of your hand kind of thing. Yeah. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. Um, not great, but yeah. No, not great. I would imagine this might have something in like if you want to do some rummage effects in Enchantress or, and you don't yeah. care it's going to the graveyard and you can get it back or et cetera. Like I think it has some role play. To do. Like you can do things with Mesmeric Trance. Um, right. I feel like it's got some kind of potential that I'm not. I, I, I This is the problem with Ice Age cards. Like I feel like they have more potential than they have. Yeah, the problem—I mean, the problem with Ice Age cards for me is that these all look cooler than everything that's printed these days. <laughs> like, like I don't like—it's not even a good card. I want to play Mind Warp. I want to play Minion of Tevish Set. I want to—I want to play Morphine. I want to play Mole Worms. These are all amazing looking. <laughs> yeah, but sadly, they're not. Don't play any good. of those. They're bad. Yeah. yeah, they're not actually good. Yeah, it feels like no. there should be a combo here, but there isn't. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, next card is Monsoon. Uh, this so does not look like the colors that like this card always throws me off. That's why I love these cards, man. It's like this and Reclamation. If it's got a gold border and some Ice Age, there's no fucking telling what, what That's color. That's true. It's That's a good point. Yeah. So Monsoon is two, a red and a green for an enchantment. It says at the beginning of each player's end step. Tap all untapped islands that player controls, and Monsoon deals X damage to that player, where X is the number of islands tapped this way. Oh, okay. Couple things. One, this card doesn't do anything anymore, other than tell somebody they should tap their islands. This was back in the day when we still had mana burn. It Yes. So, like, they couldn't just tap them out for no reason. Yeah, sure, yeah. Now at least you ensure that they don't have their islands up. So I guess. I mean, like, I'm not that worried about it on a constant basis, but eh, I mean, you enough to put a four mana enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> you salt to taste. Listen, man, sure. I, you know, counter spells have been the bane of many a gruel player. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's also, there's a reason why this is a 40 cent card. So yeah. just also saying that. Yeah. I also feel like when you were talking before about like leaning over and talking to the uh, the other players at the board, I feel like you would catch a new player doing this pretty easy. 
you know, just like nudging me, like, you know, you don't have to take damage. You can just tap your own lands right. at the end of the turn. But you're going to catch at least somebody with that. So, you know, until they cotton on to it. Anyway, for some reason, Adam did not want to talk about Mudslide. So I guess we're talking about the, the also ran of Norit, which is a weird fucking card I like. I love I love Norit. Norit's a good card, mate. Well, actually, well, he might not be a good card, but he's a card I like. So Norit. It goes in Mariecki. That is true. Uh, three colorless and a black. It's an imp. Still just an imp with two abilities. One, you can tap it to untap target blue creature. Uh, and, or rather, you may tap it to choose target non-wall creature. The active player has controlled continuously since the beginning of the turn. God, God I love Ice Age. Uh, that creature attacks this turn. If able, destroy it at the beginning of the next end step. If it didn't attack this turn, activate only before attackers are declared. Okay, so A... I love Ice Age because you have to choose when to indent on a card. Like, you're always mm-hmm. good. Indent them paragraphs. Yeah. Um, th- this basically is like a a threaten effect, right? It's just a yeah. threaten effect in mm-hmm. black uh, or an untap effect. It's yeah. weird that it has both for some reason. It's expensive for 1-1, one, one, but it does things. So uh, yeah, you have summarized this card. <laughs> I I don't know. I like it. I like it both for the untap, like you say in the Mariki Rebray stuff, or just the the weird like oh crap, now I gotta attack. So right, yeah, it doesn't have to attack you. Just attacks. That's it. So you know if you're if you have a utility creature somewhere that you that uh, somebody's hanging out on, you know, and they they don't want to put it forward, and then you can kind of do this. It's a weird ability. I feel yeah. like I feel like you should at least, if not a high five, like get like a knowing nod from someone if you pop out and ignore it in 2022. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, next card, sir. Next card is Orcish Lumberjacks. <sighs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it is a 1-1 uh, for a red. It is a creature orc, and you can tap it, sacrifice a forest, and add three mana in either, in any combination of red and or green. Yeah. Uh, this card is fantastic. This card is so good. If you've never played with this card, this card is fantastic. So, I mean, one of the best mana dorks in Gruul, right? I think maybe the oh, best yeah. mana dork in Gruul. Yeah. Like, so amazingly good. Yeah, this this jumps you from I mean, this jumps you from turn 2 to turn 4. Like it's so good. Oh. I know, it can be on unta- turn 5. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is this card is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it is for early explosive plays. Like you ha- you know, you you don't you don't take doing this lightly or you're playing it in the lands deck and you've got a crucible out or something like like I mean, you, this requires a lot of strategizing and also i mean i think this is a good skill test card uh, yeah i do too this is not finhorn elders right this is the opposite end of the spectrum from that you right just like mindlessly put it in because you're playing you know gruel colors right this one, you do have to play around a little bit you have to make sure you're getting actual value you're not screwing yourself with it um but man for for the decks and the the decks that want this effect and can like utilize both sides of the sacking of forest and getting the the three mana, God yeah. man, the Orcus Lumberjack becomes like one of your favorite cards in that deck. Yeah, 
Can I just uh, like seriously? This is actually this is actively hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like just in the line of four cards, like Orcish Librarian, Orcish Lumberjack, Orcish Squatters, and Order of the Sacred Torch. Like I'm just looking at all four of these straight across. Yeah. I want to talk about all of them. <laughs> they're not all good. I just no, don't want to. They're not. Just like Orcish Librarian, just munching on a book with uh, a bowl of library paste. So fucking good. That's so good. Yeah. Right. Like I I love this set so much. It's so weird, right? Yeah. It's so good for orcs. <laughs> I may like this more now than I like Mirage. Whoa. Just because, not, and I don't think it's a better set. I think Mirage is a better set. Yeah. Uh, but this is so a combination of good stuff, goofy stuff, horrible cards, good art, bad art. Like, it's just everything I want it to be. Yeah. It is kind of, um, it's special in many, many ways. It is. Yeah. Orcish Squatters may be the most comprehensible RKF art I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, <laughs> it is, I can, not even a question. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can totally tell everything that goes on that, and it actually makes sense given the card. So. I mean, fast forward, what, two years, and you have Dissipate in, uh, in Mirage, which is just like, what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff, man, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next one. This is an easy one. Uh, portent is uh, very similar to what we were talking about. Diabolic Visions. It's just yeah. one blue. It's a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of the target player's library, and then put them back in any order. You may have that player shuffle, draw a card at the beginning of next turn's upkeep. Uh, portent gets played a lot even now. I don't think it's a, a automatic gimme, but it's an effect that like a brainstorm, you know, ponder serum visions effect. If you want that, this is good. Yeah, yeah. draws you a card for one blue, so it basically replaces itself can force a player to shuffle. So you don't even have to look at the top three cards if if they're playing, you know, if you're playing with, what is it, Future Sight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And every and everybody is, has the top of their their deck revealed anyway. Like, just make somebody shuffle. Yeah, I don't like what's on top of your deck and I'll draw a card for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, the best I ever saw this card uh, do work was when it was used to kill someone's top and shuffle back in their deck. Nice. That nice. was the best that Portent has ever been. <laughs> so, uh, next one. The card that spawned an infinite number of decks. Mm. Pox. Pox is black, black, black for a sorcery that says each player loses a third of their life, then discards a third of the cards in their hand, then sacrifices a third of the creatures they control, then sacrifices a third of the lands they control yeah, round up buddy. each time. Yes. The lands really does it, man. The lands is just like... Oh, oh, oh. yeah. 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 I love Mia Pox. I love Pox. Listen, you know, ask yourself these questions in a checklist format. Do you care about the people you play with as human beings? If not, go for it. Do you you care about losing the things that you own? Because you know it will be more painful for others than you. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Oh. Yeah. Pox, smallpox, death cloud, like these are these yes. things. These <laughs> things all are they amazing. All go in the same deck. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Good man, good card good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I like no, I guess I, I like the Cornelius Broody art better. The fifth edition art at least has a, a funky little black cat on his on his shoulder, which makes sense. Of what? Of Pox? Yeah, of Pox. I think I like the the fifth edition is close to even, me. I didn't even know there was different art. Yeah, oh, it's fifth edition. Oh uh, no, I like the original one. Yeah, I think the, the original one does kind of, you know, 
just edge it out. Yeah. Uh, next one. What do we got? Um, yeah, Pyroblast is a thing. We talked about that before. Um, yeah. You know, it, that is still played. I think it's still Pyroblast. I think is just a better version of Hydroblast, right? Because you're you're countering spells and but in red. So right, yeah. The red elemental blast slash Pyroblast is the is the better. And yes, they're both fantastic. Let's not bury the lead, man. Let's let's go right down to everybody's favorite here, Skeleton Ship. Shield of Ages. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Skeleton Ship. Love me, Jesus Christ. You, Skeletons. Your, your love for this this card is. This is the only time I've liked Amy Weber art. So that's fair. Oh, well, it's it's not just Amy Weber, though. That, that is help. true. It's a- Amy Weber and Tom Wainerstrand, and there's fucking skeletons riding turtles. There are a- a- amazing, like, menacing dolphins in the background. Who even knows? Menacing? That's a menacing dolphin. It, look, it looks like he might be, it looks like he might be a little angry there. I'm just saying. Plus, he's skeletons right next to riding turtles. Like, yeah. It's what, fucking what? amazing. Who this did, card is insane. This card is maybe my favorite card out of the entire set. So have literally, I think I still have that deck together somewhere. It's on the reserve list. It is on the reserve list. It's five bucks. You're yeah. never going to get it anywhere else, people. Get your skeleton ships now because they might go up to six bucks one of these or they days. might print one that's like the exact same thing except <laughs> for without the first sentence because it's stupid so uh skeleton ship is three carless a blue and a black for a zero three it's it's a skeleton thank god uh, no, no, no hold on uh-huh uh-huh let's camp out there uh-huh you so far have played paid five mana for a zero three let's see if it goes uphill uh-huh <laughs> Listen, I already said it was a legendary skeleton, so yeah. I pretty much it went uphill. Um, <laughs> when you control no islands, sacrifice skeleton ship. Okay, I, great. <laughs> I love that they had that. That makes, I mean, like, I love that they're so dedicated to the theme of a ship. They're like, you can't play this if it's on on land. Oh, like yeah. I mean, like, come on. Island home and stuff like that was definitely a thing <laughs> fucking, in I that I fucking era. love that, man. It's so good. I, but so bad at the same time. Uh, and it's one ability is to tap and put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. I like that you have found one of the very few commanders that dies to Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the expensive dies to Armageddon decks. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are we talking about here? Listen, yeah. this is not a good deck. This card is horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like objectively, this card is horrible. I'm not saying that you can't do some fun <laughs> things with it. This card is horrible. Listen, you know, you get you a Thornbite staff. You know, you get you an intruder yeah, you alarm. you can do things with it. It's not good. <laughs> but the only reason I ever built this deck is because Nest of Scarabs was became a thing. So this is my, like, Nest of Scarabs, intruder alarm. Like, I, I live to put that together, and the whole deck is built around that. Um, This is not good. I, I never won a game with that deck and never will. But right. Let me, let me like tell that. you. I'm just saying, skeleton ship, get you there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Next one. Love that fucking card so much. All right. I know on this radio, <laughs> this radio format that we have here, we constantly talk about art, but but we really need to talk about this one for a second. Okay. Mm. So skull catapult. I'll read it in a second, but let's camp out on the art first. I don't think this person has ever built a catapult because I'm looking at how all those pieces intertwine. I don't think this does anything. Listen, Adam, 
I think you may have overlooked the fact that it has like a metal wolf's head on it. It at, does. At it does. I, I I don't know that it's a functional piece, but yeah. I didn't say it was functional. I'm just saying like all the pieces, it has like a giant hand for the catapult. It somehow, does. somehow there's just like a, a ball of lightning in it, but the skull is just kind of chilling on a post. Yeah, it doesn't throw skulls. That's what you would think by the name, but no, no, no. Listen, this is like a halls of mist thing, right? It is a skull catapult because it has a skull on it. Right. It it does, it well, it's not even a skull. That's just a head. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It may it contain has... a skull, but it definitely yeah. has hair and like lips and things. Right. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, so skull catapult is uh, four mana for an artifact. You pay one and tap it, sacrifice a creature, and it deals two damage to any target. This card was much better back in the day. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I think that, I think that, like what maybe 10 years ago we were a lot more hurting for sack outlets it's true yep and you know uh, and this was a, an easy way it, colorless way to sack whatever you wanted to every turn man when did goblin bombardment come out because that clearly ate this lunch you know well right but i mean in other colors you know <laughs> yeah I mean? in like, other colors it also it's it is unusual to do like direct damage to any target and two damage right you know, yeah. uh, to any target. So like, yeah, once blasting station came out, like there's no reason to play this anymore. Right. Right. So, but still. yeah, I mean, this is, this is obviously not played much if at all anymore, but, um, it is one of my fave oldie ones. Cause I used to play this. God, I, I played this in like casual standard decks back in the day. And so it's not, <laughs> you, it's not good. Much like many of these cards, you played it for way longer than you should have. Yeah, probably. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the fifth and sixth edition art of Skull Catapult? Yes. I don't know that I have. I am Let's just, see. I am just. Oh yes, this. I do remember this this art, and it is much better. It is actually much better. Um, yeah. it 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 does the catapult. It looks like a more functional catapult. So it looks that? like a more functional catapult. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's a trebuchet because it's got like a counterweight kind of situation. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me uh, give you your official nerd point for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> sorry, medieval machinist. Um, anyway. You just have to enter the right category when you go to the pumpkin chunkin' competition. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, it's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one. Uh, Soldevi Machinist. One yeah. colorless and a blue. A human wizard artificer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Look at you. You got all kinds of jobs. Tap to add two wingdings. Spend this mana only to activate abilities of artifacts. Mm. He does a yeah, thing. It's interesting, thing. narrow. I mean, I think that it definitely works in some modernish decks, uh, but not the strongest card. Yeah, you know, he's he, fine card is fine. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me about the most metal card in all of Magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Songs of the Damned. Fucking A. How is that yeah. not an album? I mean, it might be. Okay. Tell me about some Songs of the Damned, sir. Songs of the Damned is one black for an instant that says add black for each creature in your graveyard. Uh, this is... So it's what? It's Cabal Coffers, right? Yeah. Um, But an instant one-time use. This card is fantastic. Like, I have seen this add a lot of mana before. Like, people underestimate this card. They should not. It is very good. I mean, you're doing any kind of self-mill, Songs of the Damned, that will ramp you a lot. Right. For one black, like, that's a lot. So, yeah. Good we card, really good. do need to, like, 
That's that's a that's a segment. How have we not done the heavy metal deck? We we tried. We just I think we just got lazy. Oh, did we? Because like yeah, like last it's hard caress, to search out. Like last caress, songs of the day. Like there's yeah. come on. I, I listen, I'm not saying it 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 is an amazing idea. It just takes a little legwork, I think. Yeah, is, the, is the there point. raining blood? Is that a card? It should be. <laughs> Rain of blood is. So is Rain of Blood well, I mean that's close. I'm pretty sure Rain of Blood's a card. So anyway, we spoils of evil. I think that goes in there too. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Stench of evil. Oh yes. fuck. Maybe we should just do like Ice Age block constructed heavy metal deck. So, right. Um anyway, yeah, good card, good. Yeah, get yourself some of that. Next one. This one is almost a gimme, so I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it. Um yeah. if you're doing eggs, you're you're doing this. So Urza's Bauble is just a zero mana artifact. Uh, you can tap it to sack it and then look at a card at random in a target player's hand. No one gives a shit about that. You just do it because you draw a card at the beginning of next turn's upkeep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good egg is good. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, it spiked crazy for a while there, right? Yeah, and now, that and Mishra's. Wasn't it like 20 bucks? And now it's... Uh, now it's like five. Oh, Mishra's Bauble. That's right. I forgot about that one. Mishra's yeah, Bauble is the one who went bananas. I yeah, think that that's was, right. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's modern playable, so that's why. But, I mean, this one also went up as well. So, uh, and right. next one. Uh, next one is Withering Wisps, a card I can say but not spell. Hmm. Uh, Withering Wisps is one black black for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of each end step, if no creatures are on the battlefield, sacrifice Withering Wisps. You can pay one black, and Withering Wisps does one damage to each creature and each player. Activate no more times that each turn than the number of snow-covered swamps you control. Yeah. doesn't say you have to pay with snow mana. Nope, you do not. You can just not activate this any more than the number of right. snow-covered lands. Snow-covered so, swamps. I mean, Functionally, this is a slightly weaker because it needs snow-covered swamps, uh, but also slightly cheaper version of Pestilence. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like, if you're in that deck and you want that effect, because it's not very common, uh, Withering Wisps is actually pretty good. It's really good because it costs three instead of four, so you can actually play it earlier. Um, yeah, it requires that you have snow-covered swamps, like, definitely yeah. if you don't have that don't play this at all but otherwise like yeah i mean it's pretty good yeah man good card good it's just narrow very narrow yeah, but good absolutely yep. um very annoying and narrow and weird is our last card uh zer's yeah. weirding three colorless yeah. and a blue zer's weirding is an enchantment it has many different flavors of art all of them are kind of bad and weird uh yeah you don't like this underneath camera angle? <laughs> no, the only thing I'm thanking God for is the wind that blew the loincloth. Yeah, down. exactly. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm really thankful for in Zer's weirding. Um, the Such other one, it's, it's, it's so bizarre. I, I, the ninth edition art is at least tolerable because I'm like, oh, the ninth edition art is tolerable because it just looks like a normal <laughs> wizard doing weird. Crap. Yeah, yeah, right. You're opening portal to tentacle land. Like, all right. Yeah. Uh, the eighth edition is uh, I, okay. Oh yeah, that r random eye for no reason. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, Zer's weirding. Uh, players play with their hands revealed. If a player would draw a card, they reveal it instead. Then any other player may pay two life. If a player does, 
put that card into its owner's graveyard. Otherwise, that player play uh, draws a card. Mark, I would like to ask you whether or not you would rather live in the hell in which everyone has a top out and tops every turn. Mm. Or one Zer's weird hands out. So is this like the worst version of Sophie's choice? Is it right? Just yeah, like everyone gets whatever, a Sophie's whatever the, choice. Whatever the negative version, of that is, like where I mean, it's already pretty negative, a, right? But like well, you're yeah, just you're spreading it no matter what. Here. Yeah, <laughs> the the multiplicative version of Sophie's choice. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Okay, um, I would rather hang out with whatever the Hell Eaters are from Hellraiser. The, the, right. The, yeah. Right. Just yeah. put some nails in my face instead. It'll probably be less painful. Yeah, because if people didn't get it, like I'm just gonna draw it in. Like this literally says, anytime anybody draws a card, they have to reveal it. That already slows it down a little bit. Yeah. Then literally everyone in the pod, in order, gets to determine and make a choice as to whether or not they want to pay two life to make the person not draw that card. Uh huh. So it, it has to go around a round of decisions every time any player draws a card. So what you're really saying is do this, play Con Sphinx, and then... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just wait for people to drop out of the game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. I wonder why... You know, it, that's probably why every single edition of this is under a dollar. So... Yeah. I mean, it's also... I mean, it's just not that good. It's like, not I good. mean, it, it is pretty good from the, from the perspective of, like, if you know you're playing against a combo player or something, like, you can keep pieces out of their hand. Yeah, I mean, this is this is combo denial right here. If you, right. If you hate you some infinite... Uh, what, what's a good way to phrase this? If you hate infinite combos, but don't mind infinite games, um, try Azur's Weirding, I guess. There you go. This is strange tech. See, this is, this is back when... This is why we like these old segments, right? Because this is back when cards were fucking bizarre. Right. In many, many ways. Um, like, I feel like you should just play this in Enduring Renewal so you don't even know what you're allowed to draw on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw abundance on there. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Keep on going. Yeah. <sighs> well, ladies and gents, uh, if you have other methods that you would like to grind a game to a halt and uh, also grind your sanity down to a nub, let us know. Uh, and also, if there's other cards, clearly we have missed a few here and there from technology. So if there's other things you want to talk about from Ice Age, let us know. This was the set that kept on giving this week. So yeah, love us an Ice Age. Uh, don't love some of the art, but also kind of love a lot of the art. So you know, mixed bag. Anyway, stick with us through Dumb Interstitial, and we will mosey on through an outro. We'll see you on the other side. Alrighty, sir. It has been a minute since we talked about some food. I know. So I think I think it is incumbent upon us to talk about not only the food, but where the food comes from. Mm. I went to a pretty amazing deli this past week. Possibly the best deli I've ever been to in my whole life. Whoa. Now, I I do fit to say, no, growing up in the Northeast, we're... You know, in the tri-state area, we've got ourselves some really good delis. I was going to say, you're, you're flushed with delis up there. We are. I mean, listen, if there's one thing I can appreciate, it's a good delicatessen. Yeah. And uh, Zingerman's in Ann Arbor. Ooh. I think that one might have taken the top slot. Ooh. That's a good deli. Now, I mean, 
Okay. Taking the top slot. Let's let's yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel we got to back down a little bit. Uh-huh. You've been to delis in New York, right? I've been to plenty of delis in New York. Yeah. Like, like the premium delis in New York. I, I have, as a matter of fact. So, wow. and this is, yeah, it's really good. The times deli, you know, uh, cats is delicatessen. That's, that's right. the deli, right? Right. It's, it's hard for me to say that anything tops cats. Right. Right. This is uh, th- these That's are my the questions. This is what needs to be addressed. Yeah. The Carnegie Deli is an amazing deli, right? Okay. However, I mean, the food at Zingerman's Deli, the the size, the portions of the sandwiches, first of all, the freshness of the meats, the cheeses that make all the bread there too, like yeah, yeah. Oh, like a good slice of of challah bread, you know, with the mustard they make there as well. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't get all that at Cats at or Carnegie. But yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zingerman's. Oh, oh, that's good. I will have to say, though, holy shit, do you pay for it? Like, if you thought Cats and Carnegie was expensive, like, <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, clearly, I think uh, the thing, like, I went out to visit my sister. She was out near Ann Arbor. Uh, and so like, there's a lot of little businesses out in Ann Arbor and, you know, you mish grads, et cetera. I guess this, the stories, this got started by a bunch of you mish grads who were complaining that there were never any good delis around, which does, right. it's, it's Michigan, you know, many amazing things in Michigan, but delis probably not one of them. So they started sure. their own and it grew into this huge, big thing, right? So you want your coffee cakes, you know, you want your, uh, your weird slices of, of different kinds of blue cheese, et cetera. What kind of bacon do you want? I think that one is just key, right? Like what kind of, of different smoked meats and how many and in, in, in quantity? Like, oh, so good. They even make their own potato chips. Like, yeah, you know, it's a good deli, man. So, a- Adam, I, I ask you again, sir, what do you think the ingredients of a good deli are? Oh, I mean, we're we're talking about like... A delicatessen, like a, like not and just act, yes, know. not just we're not people. About people say deli meat, and they like you know they no, mean no, no, something no, no, different. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about the thing you find in the grocery store, right? right? I'm talking about the only you are a specialty shop, the right. delicatessen as opposed to the deli. Yeah. Um, to me, like I, I think there's a couple like obvious things that have to happen, which is like if if they don't have more or less the makings of this exact sandwich perfect mm-hmm. than you know which is basically just pastrami rye mustard yeah you have to have the makings of a good reuben right no ju- i mean just a pastrami on just rye, pastrami on rye? really that, like if you if you have amazing pastrami amazing rye bread and like a really good deli mustard like that's a, that's a good starting point oh I'm a big fiend for a good seedless rye. Oh, you like seedless? I, I like I the seedless. Way. I'm, I'm fine either way. Yeah, I mean, I just like a good seedless rye, man. Yeah, you know. Um, so there's, so yeah, I mean, those those things, you know, uh, I would say, I would say some of the breads, like you know, so yeah, pastrami. You need some corned beef. You need some challah. Um, all of those are important. Um. Probably like some chopped liver, some white fish salad. Sure, yeah, a, a good chopped liver. Me, I'm yeah. sticking with the breads for a minute. A good pumpernickel. Ooh, a good pumpernickel. That's a nice one. Always man. need a good pumpernickel. Yeah. Specifically, 
if you don't have pumpernickel bagels, they might be out of stock, but you have to at least have them. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. A good salt bagel, also key. Yeah. No, well, see, that's the problem is not all delis do bagels. That is true, but all good delis do bagels. Do they? I think so. I mean, because, so. like, I, I go to a, a bagel shop for bagels. Like, it's, you know, like. Name me, uh, name me an amazing deli that doesn't do bagels. I don't think it's. I think, I think that Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. You know? Also, good lox and cream cheese. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, these things are all of a piece. Right? Yeah. They all have to go together. I will throw in another one that um, I did not get a chance to sample, but I take it on my sister's word. This is very good. Uh, good arugula? Gotta have a good arugula. Uh, yeah, I'm not you big on the, on the sweet and pastries. I'm all, I, listen, good arugula, good coffee cake. All right. Multiple different flavors of coffee yeah. cake. Right? You, you know, I would say, important. I mean, you probably like have to have something in the knish, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? You also, I'll I'll take it one step further than a bagel. You also have to have bagels and bialis. Bialis. Yeah. I don't know if I have that. You ever had a bialy? No. Oh come on. I don't know. How do you spell that? What is that? <laughs> so bialy. Bialis. Yeah. B b i a l y. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So it's, oh no, I have had that. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I didn't know what it was called. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It. yeah it's it's yeah. a it's like a bagel. All right. Yeah, but it's just like domed it's, in in the middle instead of having a hole. And yeah, it's got stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes it the bagel is the hole, and also like a bagel's boiled, whereas a bialy's just oh, baked. Oh, right. These are just baked. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. So, uh, listen, a bialy to me is a good sign of a good ba- of, of a good deli. So right. There's one really good place around me that can do it. Um, you know that that has in in Connecticut. It's not too many, but obviously the closer you get down to New York, like the quality of delis, right? So, yeah. Oh, you know what else I would throw in there? Mm. And I, I I do feel like this is necessary because most delis make their own. Mm. I'm gonna go a good kosher dill pickle. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. I was gonna go with sausages. You know. Oh, interesting. You know, that might be more of like a meat cutter thing, you know? Like yeah, a, yeah, you know? because, I mean, remember, most sausages are made of pork. Yeah, so it's not most kosher. Most jellies don't delve into pork. That's, that, that is also true, so yeah, I get it. But, I mean, you know, a good old beef hot dog, you know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's but also uh, not like, I, I don't go to delis for an all beef hot dog. Like, I, I love hot dogs, but. Um, I also, I I'm also rarely in the mood for a hot dog these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's rare, but every now and then I'm like, oh, I want a chili cheese hot dog. Like, mm, yeah, I guess. Or a Chicago hot dog. I don't think I know what's in a Chicago hot dog. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Chicago what's... hot dog is is like a hot mess. I'm going to try to list it all off for you, but there's a <laughs> lot of stuff. Hold on. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's a Vienna beef hot dog. So they're uh, very specific, like that, that company. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in a steamed bun, I believe that is top cut, not side cut, mm. uh, that has poppy seeds on it. Huh. Okay. Uh, then condiments is yellow mustard, a very specific bright green, like neon green relish, mm. a quarter uh, of a pickle spear. Oh, okay. Slices of tomato. Uh-huh. Um, sport peppers, 
and celery salt. Okay. All right. It is a very strange concoction. It is delicious. All right. I've never had one. Yeah. I, I yeah. you know what? I'll have to add that to the list. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's a it's a tasty tasty little combination there. You should be able to pick up most most of the ingredients except for the the relish you have to order online because it is a very specific. I'm not joking. Like look it up on the internet right now. It is neon green. Like <laughs> probably unhealthy. Like I have no idea what they do to like it is neon green. Okay. All right. Hey, you know. I don't know if I'll be ordering that anytime soon. I I for a weird thing like that, I don't think I want to like what if I don't like it, you know? And then I have this whole big container of you know teenage mutant ninja turtle relics that's true that's true around. i mean so. it, it is better if you just go to a hot dog i guess i'll just have to go to chicago yeah so yeah it's one yeah. of those things there's a couple places in town here that do chicago dogs with like very traditionally done okay so right. you might be able to find something in connecticut you know right. it's a big place that is true um i guess i'm on the hunt but if you are on the hunt for a good deli ladies and gents and if you're anywhere near it holy crap zingerman's delicatessen Ooh, amazing deli Bring your wallet. You're going to pay for it. But listen. Next time I end up in Michigan. <laughs> As you do. As so, you do. Whatever. Outro. Well, ladies and gents, uh, we have come to the end of another episode. Ah, and it's a long old technology episode today. huh? We, uh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about some cards. So. This one's going to be a little bit. Don't say you didn't get your content full for the week, ladies and gents. Uh, Adam, uh, we have covered the food for this week. However, I guess if uh, if people want to hit you up about, I don't know, what your favorite orc in magic is, even though I think we covered most of the really good ones in Ice Age. Yeah. We're going to hit you Um, up. Yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Squire9999. Orc Tribal coming back, maybe? No, gonna coincide with the new Lord of the Rings show. Hmm? Probably only if like they go back to Tarkir, we're we getting a new. Um, excuse me, tribal? we're getting a Lord of the Rings set. Are we getting a Lord of the Rings set? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Come on, it's... man! Gandalf's gonna be a card. Huh. Gandalf is already a card. Look at what is it? Pentagram of the Ages. Oh, that doesn't. Yeah, man. Tales of Middle-Earth. You know? It's going to be part yeah. of the universe beyond. Well, we getting some orc tribals, all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Ladies and gents, uh, I don't know. Hang on to your pants until that happens. Next week, speaking of spoilers, you might actually get some real spoilers from new sets. So Stick around for yeah. Dominaria next week. Uh, with that, uh, if you want to, blast out to all of us here on the cast, commandercast at gmail.com or on the Twitters at commandercast. Be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. A big thanks to everyone here at the CommanderCast Network. We'll see you next week with more community strategy and technology. So until then, let's get it! Let's get it!